Welcome to the BU Podcast. BU Podcast. Yo, 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 what's going on, y'all? Everybody, welcome to the BU Podcast. You can check me out on Spotify or anywhere Apple Pod, anywhere podcasts are being distributed, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever that may be that you listen to your podcast, you can find the BU Podcast. Not only that, at the moment, follow me on Instagram at Ashley underscore BU forever. Um, check me out there. And yeah, y'all, I am back after a long hiatus of the podcasting realm. Uh, trying to get my, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Seals. Welcome back. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, Jim, back adjusted to the United States of America. It's been a year now, but I, I think I got all my, most of my marbles back in place, and I'm getting more clairvoyant at the moment. So I felt like, you know what, I need to get back on this mic because it's something I enjoy doing, and it's something that I actually want to do better at after listening to my previous works. Um, I still have it saved. Some of that stuff saved. I'm going to siphon through it and, and see when I'm going to re-publish uh, and kind of say, ah, no, we just keep that back in the archive because it ain't too positive. Uh, <laughs> I was I was in a way different headspace, a way different place uh, when I came at y'all the first time uh, with the BU podcast. But Starting with this pod, this this episode here, um, I think I'm going to give you what I meant to give you all in the past. Um, and I actually spoke to the who I'm going to. You know, brother, man. You know, bro. I just uh, sorry. I was going to interject. I was going to interject. I was just say, as someone as an audience member and as well as someone on the podcast, leave that stuff, man. I think anyone listening. Right on. To you know, if your goal is to help people, you got to let them know there's a journey, man. We start somewhere. You know, you can start in the most negative or negative, but it's not where you are; it's where you're going. And so, hey, you know, it's you know, you decide. It's your it's your podcast, it's your stuff, man. But you know, let that stuff be out there. I mean, there's stuff on Facebook and Twitter. I'd love to delete, but I'm like, hey, man, it's it lets you know where you've been and where you've gone. And if people, and I think a lot of times people, if you have a perfectly polished podcast people are going to think you know well i can't do that he's perfectly polished but the reality is you mm. weren't always perfectly polished dude you know what i mean none of us were no not at all and i'm glad mr yeah. henry seals kind of interjected and came in on that so to let everybody know uh i have my guest here mr henry seals man how I'm are good. you doing i'm good i yeah i, I uh, i've been uh as you may or may not know, I've got a uh, several jobs busy, you know, tomorrow I've got, uh, yeah, many, many jobs. No, when I, honestly, I ain't joking, man. When I met Sasha, I had one job and like two hobbies, two hobbies, so three things altogether. I had a job. That job was, I was doing like project management for a company. Right. Yep. And it's one, yep. my hobby, I had a little cigar group. We meet once a month, do our thing. And I had black professionals yep. in Tokyo. So those are three things. Now, yep. including being a father, that was another one. I had, you know, my kids and whatnot. But I had three. Because I know how that is. Man. Now, with a Jamaican wife, 
I have my full-time job, which is COO of a company. That's a long journey. I'm telling you, I mean, people who worked with me 20 something years ago, they may have thought I was a mm-hmm. nice guy or a smart guy, but they probably look mm-hmm. like, how the hell did he do mm-hmm. that? So trust me, it's a journey. One. So I had, <laughs> I got that job. Then I helped my friend start up. That's a second. Then I have, yeah. uh, my wife has a, a, like an MPO type of activity teaching kids, um, entrepreneurship here in Japan, right? That's the third job. Okay. I'm Japan's first foreign born human rights commissioner. So that's the fourth job. And we'll get into that. Okay. That's dope. Right. Yeah. So human rights and again, journey, human rights. Then I've got Black Professionals Tokyo, which is kind of a full-time job doing that. And well as well as you know the book itself. So it's like six things going on. And then I'm a dad and like, I have a daughter at Howard and she's driving me nuts. Love her, but she's driving me crazy today. Yesterday. Today, right. oh, congratulations. Whatever. So, so thanks, man. But I've got, you know, older children and, you know, they're always your children. So I gotta, I gotta, I'm still raising them. They're raising me. So seven jobs. So I, I'm, I'm tired, bro, but I like to chat. We can talk about anything you want. What's up? I, I am happy that with all that, y'all, I'm happy that this brother made the time for uh, me all the way out back in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little background about me and uh, Mr. Seals. I, I think the Please call me Henry. Please I call me Henry, bro. I, you know, I, we ain't like that. I'm, Come I'm, on now. I'm, I'm I, messing with you. Mr. Seals. <laughs> I mean, you can call me, me, you know, give me a nickname. You can call me Big Daddy. You can call me Smooth. Big whatever. Daddy Steel. Okay. Yeah, Big Daddy Steel, you know. <laughs> But uh, no, I have a nickname. Like, please go. I know I have a nickname though. It's called Baron Blackness. Yeah, Baron Blackness. <laughs> Baron Blackness. Baron the Baron <laughs> the Baron Blackness. Yeah, it has two. You know, it's a it's a play on words because Baron. My soul is Baron. It's black. You know, maybe I'm a tough guy, but really, it means Baron Blackness. I don't want to call myself King or Lord. <laughs> nothing like that. Baron works. So BB. Let me no, BB. All right. So. If you ever see Henry bearing back blackness, don't call him Mr. Seals. Yeah, call him by Henry. Call me Henry. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember. Did I did I meet you at Black Professionals the first time, or did I meet you through BJ the first time? I don't know. I, can, I, I can't even remember. I cannot remember, man. I remember meeting you. I probably met you at Black Professionals. I think maybe just like in passing. You know, I remember names. So I remember you said, Ashley, oh, hey, Ashley, how are you doing? Um, but I don't recall. I don't know how we became friends, man. But it doesn't matter. We just, you know, it's just, I think it what happened you know, It's been a long time. You know, I text you, you text me. Yeah. And that was Go on. Yeah, it's cool. I think. <laughs> That's usually how it happens yeah. in Tokyo with, with, especially with foreigners and being African-American, Black in Tokyo. Yeah. Usually it's a blur, but we met. I known them for a long time. We met in Japan, so, yes. um, and now I'm happy to still be speaking with this brother and have him on the podcast, asking him some questions, and hopefully he give you the listeners, you the listeners out there, um, maybe some of y'all are listening that are living in Japan currently, maybe some of you are listening that are looking to, um, make a trek to Japan and live there for some amount of time, uh. Hopefully, this brother right here can give you some good information uh, on some things uh, about that and how and how that looks and how to make it a fruitful experience for you. 
So I think the first thing that I want to ask you is that some people will probably want to know, like, what what led you to Japan? What got yeah. you to Japan? Japan, yeah. Um, so what got me to Japan, I was in high school. And we had um, an exchange teacher in our history class. There was mm-hmm. this, our history teacher said, next month, this man named Mr. Kenji Shibata is going to be in our class observing mm-hmm. us from Japanese Ministry of Education. So just ignore him, do the class. So he happened to be sitting next to me, uh, not really next to me, but sort of about five feet away during the classes. And I just asked him, I said, what do you do? Who are you? Why are you here? And he didn't speak any English, really. I had to write it out and he read it. And then he 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 he, right. he shared with us some videos of Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Hear me? I, you, you're freezing a little issues. bit. I can't over hear there. you. It's okay. Hold a second, bro. I can. I can edit it later. Yeah, that's what's fine. going on here. This don't make no sense. What's going on? I lost him. Yeah. Can you hear me now? What the hell? You there? Did I lose you? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, nope. yeah. No, I thought no. I thought I lost you. My internet's weird, man. Uh I don't know what's going on today. It's okay. Um but oh, you um, yeah, so Mr. Shibata, he would sit next to me and he started sharing with us vision images of Japan. He had like a little videotape recorder. These little tapes. Yeah. That were smaller than VHS. I'd never seen them before. And he played pictures of the of the bullet train he played a video showed sumo wrestling i never seen guys that fat before i had never seen it now i'm used to it but to my 14 15 year old mile like what is that right so that was kind of interesting i said that's different i want to know that and then we had an exchange student her name was kaori and she ran track with us and you know just being real i couldn't imagine how a girl with such short legs could run so fast it we were like how she do that, <laughs> you know? And so she was moving. True. moving. <laughs> Kaori could run, but she couldn't speak English very well either. We became friends with her. We took her to movies. You know, she would try to explain to us a little bit about Japan. And all she could really go. say, I would say, how's Japan? And she would go, mm, study, study, study. That's all she would say. Study, study, study. And, um, uh, you know, like I remember one time she uh, we were at a track meet. It was raining. We were all under the bleachers. And we were like, I don't know what happened, but we asked her a question like, you know, where what kind of snacks does she like? Or because we were eating Doritos under the, the bleachers. She goes, do you have Doritos in yeah. Japan? She goes, yeah. And she said, yeah. and the way it sounded to me at the time, was shabun, shabun. We're like, shabun, shabun. What's shabun, shabun? She's like, shabun, shabun. She's just yelling it at us. And we're like, and we're laughing because we have no idea what she means. And then she writes it on the ground. She writes a seven and 11. And so what she was saying was seven irebun is what she was saying. We're like, seven, 11. Oh, seven, That's how you say seven, 11 in Japanese. <laughs> we were like, shabun, 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 or whatever. 
And so I thought to myself, wow, this is different. I want to know more about this place. Yeah. And then I, I found like my, my yeah. Latin teacher was studying Japanese at night. And she knew I was interested in Japanese. Mm. So she would bring me some of her notebooks or play videos for us in class when we weren't studying Latin. She would bring videos of like Japanese TV shows. And I said, if I get a chance, I want to study. Yeah. So I got to college, um, have to study foreign language for one year. I studied Japanese. And in the middle of the year, I told the teacher, I said, look, this is too hard for me. This is just not, this is, I, I don't think I can do this. And she goes, you know, you can do it. It's, it's okay. Try your best. But she says, if you study a foreign language at Harvard, right, if you study for two years in the East Asian program, they give you the um, credit or not the credit, but give you the right to study abroad for credit. So if I study two years, I could go overseas. Now, a country boy like myself, I'm from West yeah. Virginia, never thought I'd get to Japan. I knew, I really never thought I'd get there. So knowing that that opportunity mm -hmm. was there, if I stuck with it, I stuck with it. And I started to study more and I worked harder because I had a goal now, right? A real goal. Mm -hmm. And after two years, I, mm -hmm. I, I applied for a program through Stanford and I wound up in Japan for a year. That's how I started. Right. Yeah. And, and so, so wait, you, so I'm assuming you kind of did a, uh, something like I did because I studied abroad for three months while I was in university, but then I came back to the States yeah. to graduate. I came back to graduate, yes. You back, yeah, you went back home and graduated. And did you, I have a feeling I said stories are similar. And then you, after you graduated, you just bounced back to Japan, Yeah, right? immediately. Like that whole, so I was studying in Japan for like nine months, like a whole two school semesters. And then after right. that, I went back, right? I went back to, back to, to Harvard for my senior year. And during the senior year, I traveled to Japan, I think once, maybe twice for interviewing. I saved up my money. I traveled back to interview with companies. And I finally got a job um, working in like Kanazawa, Japan. So, you know, you know how they start their business and school year in April. And I graduated in May, end of May. So mm. a lot of my friends wouldn't start their jobs until like August, July or August. I had to fly immediately, mm. like a, two weeks, maybe a week, right after graduation. I had to fly to Japan to start working. And 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 where did you where did you start oh, working? I wound up in a, a city called Kanazawa, so that's in Ishikawa Kanazawa, Prefecture. Eh? It's up on the mm. on the Japan Sea. It faces Korea, that side. I worked in an IT okay. company. My first book, actually, which you can find on Amazon in digital form, is 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 uh shares that story a, a college professor of mine who well not professor but advisor who i mentioned in the second book um yeah he advised me to um maybe write a book about my japan experience just to share what i was yeah. going through yeah. and so I, I just wrote a book yeah. you know uh back in 2000 so a long time ago right about that experience working yeah. as a new grad in a japanese business that's why I, I felt an affinity to you you would come and you were working in a japanese business just out of college i can relate right yeah so like that's that's the thing that i was really drawn to you about as well too is that you never you never went into the education realm no I want like you, you never went there. I was open to it though. I was open. I, I was going to apply to the jet program. I think I did. 
I applied to the jet because yeah. my roommate in college applied to jet. He he came on a jet, right? So even Harvard yeah. graduates yeah. go on jet programs. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, it's a good program. Oh, yeah. You make good money. Most you, know, you can learn a lot. But what happened was I was interviewing for several companies in Japan. And my Japanese was, wasn't good enough, right? My grades weren't good enough. Like in college for me, I was so happy just to have gotten into Harvard. You know, I didn't care whether I got an A or a B. I was going to study. I was like, I was going to learn everything. I didn't care about tests. You know, I just wanted to experience. I wanted to read. I wanted to just experiment with life a little bit. And so when I was competing against other kids, you know, they'd have A averages. I'd have a B average. Um, they spoke Japanese better. You know, maybe they had studied in high school more or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they just, right. they, I just wasn't the best for the roles I was applying for, right? I was applying to be a consultant. Right. I was applying to be a, you know, very corporate. And I'm the, I wasn't a very corporate, I'm not a very corporate person, to be honest. Um, I'll explain that later if you want to know what that means. But I wasn't much of a corporate person. And I just didn't really, I think in my heart, I didn't want to work in, you know, consulting. I didn't, I just didn't want it. But I thought I did because you know everyone else was doing it. So I had interviewed for these companies in Japan, some like Matsushita, you know, Panasonic. I interviewed with Hitachi. Um, you know, but they wanted bilingual, fully bilingual people. I wasn't anywhere near that. And so I said, I'm applied to JET. So I applied to the JET program. I also applied to the CIA as well, because my uncle was a career CIA guy. And I knew I could get there. I knew I could get a job at the CIA um, doing something, right? Um, yeah. I just, I was politically a little far left at the time. I don't know if they would have taken me, but you know, I, I, you know, it was, I think they would have, I think they would have understood. He's just a young man. He'll, he'll, it's a phase. Cause I was, I was, I was, I was left, man. I mean, I was, I was, you think, you think woke people are woke now. Henry was woke. It woke is not a new thing. And you know, uh, to brothers, we know what woke means. You know what I mean, it doesn't mean what it means today. It means, you know what I mean? You know, you know, you know what it means. So I was one of them woke brothers. I was, I was in the closet woke brother. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I could speak correctly, right. but in my soul, I was, I was like Malcolm X all day long. And so, um, no. so yeah, I could, I could apply to the, to the, to the CIA. Um, I did apply, yeah. but I, um, at the end of my senior year, during that whole recruitment process, I interviewed for a job. It was online. I had a digital camera at this, on my roommate's computer. Uh, this old system called so See bad. You, See Me back in 1996. Really, really old school <laughs> internet conference stuff. And I got an interview with a company. They hired me based on my ability to set up that interview. You know, I could set up the technology. So they um, hired me to do IT. And so I, I didn't wow. follow up on the, on, the, on the JET thing. I didn't follow up on the CIA thing. Mm -hmm. Um, not to mention, mm -hmm. I, I had intended to marry a Japanese, I had a Japanese girlfriend at the time who became my, my first wife and I was going to be marrying a foreign mm -hmm. national anyway. So I didn't think I was going to qualify for the, for the company as we call it. So, you know, I, uh, I took mm. the Japanese Japan job. I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do, but I did it and, um, it worked out, but not, not, not at the moment. I mean, in the moment I'm like. They don't pay you nothing. I was being paid nothing, bro. I had my, 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 I had college roommates. You understand? I, 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 my dorm was North House. That's where, um, Mark Zuckerberg was when he was at Harvard, right? 
Uh-huh. And he got the Facebook from okay. our Facebook. He got that name from our, we called our yearbook at North House or what's called Forestheimer North House. It's called Facebook. That's where he got that from. Okay. Wow. I had friends who okay. started HTML, you know, like wrote books on HTML, started like dot com businesses. You know, one of my classmates, year ahead of me, uh, uh, Tony, he's dead now, but he started uh, Zappos, the shoe company, right? Tony, he's passed away. But like, I mean, there's these guys making big money doing big things. And I wanted big money and I want to do big things. But no, I'm working at a Japanese company making, making, with today's exchange rate, I'm making maybe $15,000 a year. Um, I'm living in the company dorms. And all I want to do is pay off my student loans, which I couldn't afford to with the exchange rate the way it was at the time and how low my salary was. Uh, just a lot of trouble, a lot of challenges. And I thought I'd made the wrong decision, but you know, you it, it works out. It works out. It works out in ways you never expect. So that's yeah, how that, I got to Japan. I, that's that's beautiful to hear, man. And I'm assuming anybody that might be in that type of position, uh, that might be coming out of school or might be in a, a tough position right now, is that 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 explanation right there and that story right there says, you know, stick to what it is that you feel is. Let me, tell you, you. No, let me tell you what the lesson is. I'll tell you what the lesson is. I'll say, I'll tell you what it is, okay? It's not about stick to whatever you want to do. It ain't nothing like that. Nothing. There's no, It's not that clear. I'll be honest. I took the job not knowing, right? Thinking, okay, I'll do it. I want to get to Japan. I just want to get to Japan, right? So I got that job in Japan because that was the only job in Japan too. that it spoke to me more than, say, being a teacher was. Now, I think I'm naturally a teacher. Yeah. Maybe teaching would have been cool, but I did that. But man, what I miss, and I wrote this in the intro of my first, of my second book that's out now, uh, you know, Reading the Air, yeah. is I didn't have a mentor. Yeah, I had young, I had older dudes I played basketball with, and they were in their 30s, in their 40s. You know, they married in Japan, working, working class jobs or 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 or, or English teachers. Good guys, though, but they had been in Japan 15, 20 years. And they would joke with me a little bit about, you know, you're going to be here forever. You're never leaving. You know, you think you're going to be here for two years and go to business school. No, you're going to. And I I didn't believe them. I didn't believe them, but they're right. I wound up here being here 30 years, never planned to do that. But the thing is, I had no mentor. None of them were doing what I was doing. And the people I hung out with were other black guys I would see. And what we do, drink chase women, drink. And even my Japanese colleagues, they were great guys, but we didn't have the same social makeup. So our drives were a little different. You know, I could, right. I could hang out with right. them, but right. for so long, after a while, I'd, I'd feel like, I feel kind of alone, you know? So I didn't have yep, anybody to sort of tell me other than my parents, I call my parents, you know, get some advice or whatnot. But I, I wasted a lot of time, like, Wasted a lot of time, you know, I did. Wasted way too much mm. time. Um, when I got my job in Tokyo, I was still connected yep. with guys. They're good people. They weren't evil men or anything, but they were just getting by. You know, they were hustling. They didn't, they weren't about anything other than right. I want to look cool. You know, they'd lie about how 
how how rich they are. They lie about how much you know how influence they had at their job. You know, guys would say, "I own this bar." They were managing it or something like that. You know, it was all this. All the different all, different things, it was, bro. It was all baloney. It's all bullshit, man. You know, and um, yeah. I think I got my first real mentor in Japan. Honestly, probably let me. Let, I don't want to miss anyone who's key, but my real mentor in Japan, I didn't meet him until about two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. I've been in Japan fifteen years by that time. Uh, it's in the book as well. He was the CFO at ING. His name was Patrick Dwyer. I don't think he knows he was my mentor, but I got to know him, and I said I want to be like him, not his job. He was a CFO. I didn't want to be CFO, though I'm now COO and the CFO reports to me. So, you know, it, it, it's funny how things change, but I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be that comfortable in my own skin. I wanted to be good to people. He was good to people. He was, he was a good leader, right? He trusted people. He, 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 he expected the best out of you and he treated you with respect and kindness, consideration. Great guy, great leader. And then, and then I met, I met um, the. Uh, I interviewed him for my book, uh, Bob Nodden, who was the CEO at at, at AIG. He's not a close friend, yeah. so to speak, but I got to know him enough through work. And I said, I want to be like him. Yeah, you know, he's mm -hmm. he's doing this corporate job, and I didn't care much for doing corporate work, being a CEO for a large corporation. But he seemed to enjoy it. He seemed to find value and 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 enjoy in it. And he was he was a good man. You know, um, yeah. no one could say anything bad about him. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was a good man. And he shared with me his story that I put in my book as well, because he worked internationally his whole career. And the issue is you wind up spending your time with people because you need comfort. You're isolated. You're alone. Um, oh, yeah. You do it. Well I got an email today, actually yesterday from a young lady who's dealing with career challenges, career. And I get this from like someone. This is how it works, Ashley, and this is life, and it's okay. This is what happens. I will come at someone and say, hey, you need a friend. You need someone to talk to. I'm here, you know, because I've been there. I have been alone, you know. I've been suicidal. I've been everything, boy, man, a brother, man. It's Life is hard. Life is hard. And I meet someone, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm here. But people have to go through it themselves. I don't hear from them for months and then their life goes left and then they call me out of the blue. You know, I need someone to talk to. And I'm like, I'll talk. I'll still listen to you. But I can't help you. You don't you don't get help by going out on your own. And then when something fails, you come back and try to ask for help. You, you your community helps you. You gotta build a community and it's hard to do. It's really hard to build a community because you've got to find people, you lose people, you find out people aren't right. It's, it's a whole process, but you can't do it by yourself because the education to get over your problems occurs slowly every day through small lessons, yes. through small things. And so you exactly. need to be around the right people consistently so that yeah. you know, you're learning along the way. You can't just, you know, none of us would have been educated well if we only went to school once a week or once a month or once a year you have to go every day right. to learn how to study learn how to yep. be concentrate learn learn your way of getting your education yeah and so it's called training you're you you yeah. work out you exercise you know 
if you you need to train in some way every day, right? Even if that yep. training is taking a break day for your body to heal, you're training every day. And sometimes you can take time off. Yep, and you got to go through the pain. You got to go through the pain. You have to go through. And the pain, unfortunately, when you're an adult and you have like bills to pay and pressures on you, is you don't want to go through the pain mm. because the pain is, you, you have, you're an adult. You can choose not to. You can drink it away. You can sex it away. Yep. You can dance it away yep. or whatever. But it comes back. Yep. It comes yep. back. So yep. um, I would yep. say for people who are coming to Japan, like my story, what it means is get to yep. Japan, right? Find yourself, mm -hmm. not a community, like don't come to black professionals friends and say, okay, this is my community. No, it's just a group, right? This whole, this whole bunch of people there, some of them aren't your people. Some of them will be, but you yep. go and you build your community. Yep. You find people in that group and say, okay, now you're my community. This person, that person, Yep. right? And you create a group of maybe five, six, maybe 20, 30. It doesn't matter. But you create your own community. And not everyone's mm -hmm. like you. Not everyone's the same. But you you build a community of people that are living their life the way you want to live your life. And that means right. sometimes you feel uncomfortable. I have a friend. Um, yeah. This isn't. We're recording. So by the time this, this, this plays, his birthday party will be over. But today's his birthday party. And it's a surprise birthday party. So we got to go over to hey, my birthday to my brother, man. And um, he uh, sometimes I sit with him and we've been friends for about a year and a half, but we're really close. Uh, we just and I still yeah. sometimes think, why is he my friend? You know, he's he, he comes from a different world, <laughs> different country, different background, different. Everything yeah. is fundamentally different. But there's something yeah. about when we're together, we respect and care for each other. Can't explain it. Don't know where it comes from. Mm. But I feel uncomfortable because, you know, he's much wealthier than me. Right? Like mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. We never talk money as far as like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that we talk about business, but, you know, I'm like, why is he, he doesn't, you know, he could be hanging out with people who can, you know, buy buildings and champagne and all this stuff, but he's hanging with me. Right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, but, but what you come to realize is that your gift to others in your community is not how cool you are or how much you project, I'm the man, or I've got a good job, or I've got good money. It's your character. You know, it's your ability to make someone yes. feel like this person is someone I can trust. This is someone I can speak to. This is someone I can mm -hmm. relate to. And yeah. some people aren't there. They're not ready yet to be themselves mm -hmm. and be comfortable. So they're not, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea because I'm like, hey, dude, you know, whatever. Um, and so you got to find that and you got to be okay with being uncomfortable. It's like going to practice for the first time. You feel like I can't play football, but you practice more and you eventually you find your, you're like, Hey, I'm a football player. Hey, you know, I can do this. You might not be the best, but you're good. And that's what, um, that's what you need to find when you get to this place, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. And that's one of the motive, motives that brought me to name my podcast the way it was because I saw a lot of that. But when I reflect on my time in Japan, coming back here, and I feel that this was the change that I needed, and who knows? Yep. I might be back some, some 10 years down the line or something, but who knows? But I needed this change to come back and reflect on my past self and kind of see that I... I wasn't really projecting what I was 
attempting to preach. And I, I guess it's because I had this. What do you mean? What do you really mean? Really cloudy. What do you mean? Like I, I, I felt I looked back on my look back on my front, and I, I, I was, I wasn't being me to the fullest. Right. Like I was, I was, I was, I was looking at individuals such as yourself with the with the with the type of life that you had, or right. other individuals, other brothers, or other individuals, and. I was just saying to myself, I want to be that. Like, not even thinking, like, do I like it? Is that something I want to do? Right. do, do is, that, is that me? You know, I was just in Japan trying to find this fast track. Yeah. And not in, in basing that fast track solely and simply on the fact that, hey, I speak solid Japanese, I think. I could get through a meeting or I can somebody's life with my Japanese like I, I can do that so why can't I get into the arenas that yourself or other individuals that I see are in and I'm not saying to my young self that yo as you say that like low key like I wanted now that I'm looking back on it like you somebody like you should have been my mentor, but I didn't navigate it properly. You no, know, I think what you sound no, like, I just kind of said you sound like what you're saying is like you came to Japan. I speak good Japanese. Why don't I have what those niggas got? Sorry, I mean that's that's. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. I, I think that's that's how I was. and that's okay. And that's, okay. that's how I was. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's okay to say that, bro. Because let's be real. Success. I'll just be honest with you, straightforward. Success in life isn't about making anyone else happy except those that really matter in yourself at the end of the day. I mean, don't want to be selfish. What I'm trying to say is everyone's success is really unique to themselves. And the quicker you can be real true with yourself and true to others about who you are. Yeah. There'll be moments where there'll be people like, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't like you. Fine. Don't like me. There will be people who do trust me. Trust me on that one. You know what I'm saying? There are people. You know, it helps to be pretty like me, you know, it doesn't hurt, but you know, no, I'm saying, but real, really, you need to, 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 to be honest, say, look, I want it. And I, I get it, dude. I get it because I was like, you know, my friends, I said similar, my friends from college who had graduated or left school, they were making money. And I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not there. Maybe I need to be corporate. Maybe I need to do this. And until I figured out what I was good at and stopped comparing myself to them, that's the key. Like there are other brothers I know who make, more than I, who live in Japan, who different circles, don't even really know them, right? Like there's Lance Lee, yeah. who I've never really had a yeah. conversation with. Um, there's, um, I met him through I think, a guy named Damien, who is the president of Megane Tanaka. He's a friend of Sasha's and I met him through that. There's a lot of very successful, like president CEOs who are black um, that I don't know. Yeah. But they've been in Japan either longer than me or they're they've got or my friends who, you know, I have a friend who buys buildings for fun. He just buys he's black, he buys buildings. He just works with the bank, speaks good Japanese, buys buildings. And, you know, we're 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 tight, we're close. Like our kids have dated. We're we're that close, you know what I'm saying? And like, do I want what he has? The younger me may have wanted it and said, you know, why can't I have that? But I've got to do it my own way. I've got to stop comparing. And the moment you stop comparing. And you just focus on doing your best you, you. for others. With you be you. Yeah. You start focusing on being the best you you can be for others, not for yourself. 
but for others, because others are the yes. ones who are going to, I spoke last week at Black Professionals on networking. And all you want is for people to speak your name in other rooms. That's all you want. You want people to speak to their social groups they have credibility in about you. That's yes. the most powerful thing yes. that can happen. So you don't want to, yes. and it's not going to be about, well, this person owns this. It's That's not going to be it. You go, this person, I talked to him, he's cool. As simple as that, he's cool. You can talk yeah. to him. Um, yeah. He can connect you. Uh, yeah. He'll listen. You know, these kind of things. And then people hear good things about you. And then when you walk in the room, right? And sometimes you walk in a room with negativity, especially as a black person. You think, maybe these people don't like me. Maybe they don't, you know, I don't have a chance here. Maybe they won't respect me because I'm an English teacher. You'll think a bunch of things. But because yeah. people have spoken your name in other rooms, in these rooms, yeah. you'll be surprised what they yeah. think of you. You'll see surprised about the connections. And so... I could, I look at my bank account every day and I wish there was more money in it every day, twice, three or four times a day. I think about my, my, my relationships with my children. They're good, but they could be better. But I, I, I try not to compare and it's hard because we're human, but I can't. Cause if I don't compare, I'm happy. Well, when I compare, I'm like, God, yep, there it is. but there is a way of wanting more. There is. Like I'm at my company I work for at Zyco, we're on the cusp of doing some amazing things and our company's getting more and more valuable by the day. And it's exciting to make this company valuable, to make us all rich. You know what I mean? That's, that's exciting to do hard work for a good vision, but I'm not trying to compete with Amazon in my head. Like I want to be, you know, I want to be, um, what's his name? Who's the, what's the president of, of Amazon? What's his name? Uh, the bald uh, guy, yeah, Bezos, right? See, Be I don't even Bezos, right? I don't even, I don't even remember his name. You know what I'm saying? I just let it, let it go. And that, that speaks a lot. Like he's like, I'm not, I ain't worried about, I ain't worried about dude. Nope. Like, nope. somebody would come like, you don't know his name? Like, nah, I don't know his name because you know why? Because I'm trying to do my thing on my path. I'm not worried about Bezos. He's doing his thing. Got all his money. Just I ain't worried about him. I can learn from him if he wants to be my friend. Great. I hang out with them. But, you know, I mean, dude, it, it's funny. It's funny. I got situations where, you know, I was on a situation. I was sitting with a guy and we were having lunch the other day. Good friend of mine. And his brother is one of the richest black men in the United States, in the world, in the world. Okay. And this guy's a really good friend of mine, really good friend of mine. And we're sitting yeah. and having a conversation. And we've never talked about money, okay? He has donated money yeah. for year and he yeah. sells things and stuff, but we've never talked about money. But sometimes we'll talk about right. our plans in life and things. And I realized that this guy is the godfather to one of my children. And so he is, um, mm. if I were to think about it, I would say I have access to private jets. I have access to private resorts. I have this access that I never it, it it's friendship. It's about being yourself to another human being. And out of the thousands of people I've met being in Japan, I've probably met a hundred thousand people, individuals since I've been in Japan, right? One out of that, you know, or two out of that are going to be the kind of people that indirectly link you to that kind of financial or what you call lifestyle success you may be looking for. But it's got nothing to do with how much money you show or how your bravado is about whether someone trusts you and feels you're in their corner. And then 
you know, it's, it, 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 and it's so incredibly, for me, it's so incredibly intuitive now that when I speak to a young person, they're like, I'm trying to get my career. I said, just do your best. Be the best you. Do your best. You'll be fine. They're like, but yeah. that doesn't make sense. Can't take, can't, you can't take that literally. It's like, no, but really do that. That's all you need to do. <laughs> that's all you need to do. And, but it's hard. And that's why very few people, not very few people, not everyone can do it. It's hard. Right. And so what I tell myself to get myself motivated is I try to think of all the hard things I've already done. I also leave a lot of it to God. Things I can't control. I'm just like, that's God's thing. I can't do anything about that. I can't control whether I win the lottery. I can't control whether I wake up in the morning. I can't control whether the train's late. All I can do is do what I can do. And so what I do is I think yeah. about all the hard things I've done. So I did that hard thing. I was okay. Yeah. I did that hard thing. I was okay. Yeah. So just yeah. do the hard thing. And like I have friends again, and, and you, you know, sometimes I have, I mentioned all these friends before these people I know who I talk to and we associate and whatnot. And I have habits they don't have. Like I exercise religiously every day, right here in this room. I do sit-ups, push-ups. I do yoga twice a day in this room. If I can, usually once a day and they'll come by the house. And we'll talk. We all got our thing. We do. Um, so I think, reason I'm mentioning this is you think you need to be around people who do exactly what you do. Like they're like, you're a workout person. So you want to hang out with workout people. It's not like that. Your, right. your talent in your no. team is because you're different than they are. They're, you're a workout person. They're a the nightlife person. This person's a business person. This person's an intellectual. And you, you realize you, you come to care about each other and, and, and create a community and then you're all different. So, you know, I don't ask yeah. these friends to go running or exercise and go to the gym with me. They're not those friends. They're the ones I sit and talk to. Uh, like the other one wants me sometimes to buy a building. He's like, why don't you buy a building, Henry? I'm like, nah, it's not me. I thought about it, but no, no, it's just not me. It's not my thing. Like, I don't, I don't need a building, man. I don't need a building. I like to build a building. Man, we, I'm, I'm loving this conversation and all the insight that's coming into it. Um, But I want to jump into your... Uh, this this question definitely uh your book reading the air um yeah. me being someone who has lived in japan for 10 years and speaks japanese i based on the title i can kind of understand where you what's going on with this book and if anybody doesn't understand what well i'm pretty sure some people understand what that means is, is in reading the air in japanese kukyoyome, which literally means to the read air there. read it you know that they're there it's the literal meaning and this is an extremely for 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 foreigners uh speaking from an american perspective frustrating and um just a frustrating skill and thing to have to deal with and learn in japan because if you can't get it and you refuse to get it which was something I dealt with heavily that led to a lot of depression, anger, frustration, and things like that. You, you, you can't survive in Japan. Like you just can't, you can't do it for a long time unless you get this technique. This technique yeah. And the Japanese, despite you not being Japanese, expect you reading the air. This is, this is where reading the air starts. Expects you to read the air, and that is the 
frustrating thing. Like if you're if you're gonna be in the circle, let's say you only been there for a year, you don't you don't know Yamanote line from the Sobu line. Like you don't know none of that, and you're in this circle, and you do something, and then like later on, Suzuki San comes in and is like, yeah, you kind of you kind of messed up back there. You're like, what? Like <laughs> you like, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, yeah, you you can't do that. It's like. Oh, and then maybe even Suzuki-san is not even going to tell you, teach you to read the air. He's just going to be like, next time, or yeah. <laughs> like you got it next time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, can you just kind of get into your book, the inspiration for that, and like, yeah. uh-huh. what is it mm-hmm. in, in the in the crowds that it's it's supposed to reach, and what is going to help? Um, I just individuals that are either a already living in Japan or going to come to Japan. Like, what is it? What is it going to do? Yeah. So, um, for them. So. As I write in the book, I, I the thing I regret most is not having a mentor for most of my time in Japan. Someone who'd done it, who I might not have listened to him because you know, young people we don't listen to nobody. We just we just don't, you know. But it sits with you, you know. And then when you have a failure, you remember what someone said to you, and it gives you perspective, right? So I write that in. So this book will explain to you exactly what you need to, you know, how to break down what you're seeing to help you read the air very specifically. And the book also covers my life from when I left that Japanese company in Kanazawa, which was the first book, it basically, it basically starts at the be- end of the first book. So it's autobiographical okay. with lessons and stories within of my stories and stories of other executives going through Japan, giving examples. Like I, I, I state some principles about how to read the air. I say some principles about what's going on in the room. Like how do you, Take advantage. Like, how do you own the room when you don't understand the Japanese culture? Like, because right. sometimes you come to Japan, you have, if you're an expat, you have three years to transform your business. How are you going to do that if you don't know what's going on, right? So I wanted to give you skills so you can break down what's going on. So I talk about, you know, Japanese aversion to risk, right? And I break it down in certain ways. I say, how do you deal with that? Because the way I approach it is, Remember we just talked about like how growing and learning and doing things causes discomfort. And most yes. people don't want discomfort. I mean, the moment you feel no. an itch, you scratch it. The moment you feel discomfort, you shift. It's natural. You move away from it because it's 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 distracting. So yeah. your Japanese colleagues are just been conditioned for a certain thing. And you not following the rules makes them uncomfortable. And they have a right to feel that way. That's how, that's all they know. Right. So absolutely. Right. So I, I, I realized this, my anger isn't going to fix it. I, I tried, I got angry. I got yelling. I, I did everything and that didn't fix it. What fixed it was yeah. trying to understand these people. Just like, I don't want them to understand me. Now there's a phase of that. The first phase, well, if I understand them and try to be sympathetic, maybe they'll be sympathetic to me. No, you be sympathetic to them. It helps you be a better person and maneuver the world better. Even if that person doesn't respond, oh. forget that. The next time you're in a situation, you can be a better you and build better relationships. So as my my youngest child says, failure is practice. So you just keep trying. So, um, so your Japanese colleagues, when you're in a room, let's say there's, there's, a, there's several risk aversions. There's, a, there's an aversion to being um, like respect, like social respect. They don't want to lose that. So when you're watching the room, you're looking around and you can read people. You, you get to know them. You talk to them. You be yourself. And as you're talking to them, 
there are certain things like what language do they use? What words do they use a lot? How do they describe their family, their friends, their wife, the world? You start to say, okay, this person is motivated by X type of risk. Mm, this person mm, motivated by this type mm, of risk. This person has this type of mm, worry going on. And you say, okay, mm, now in, a con- in a Japanese context, how do I address that? Right? So for mm. instance, if you have a Japanese ba- manager, right? And he doesn't respect you. He thinks gaijin yeah. or whatever it is. He just doesn't get you, right? A lot of times being a foreigner, you may cause your manager frustration or they may perceive that they're being, um, their position is at risk because of your mistake. Not that it is, but that's their perception. Mm. Their perception, they that's don't look point. as sharp as they could, right? So I had a boss like that. And the boss wanted to look like he was the smartest person in the room. So what I was able to do was reading that air, reading that's what he's about. That's what's getting him, right? Because all of this frustration and how they're acting, it makes sense to them. You just don't know what it is, but there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, yeah. there's something going on. What I did is yeah. my clients, right? When I did something well, I would ask them, I would say, look, if I do something good for you, please let my manager Please give the thanks to my manager. Don't tell my manager I did it. Just tell my manager he did a great job. Tell my manager how wonderful his organization is. Tell him how well he's doing things because my work is reflective of his leadership. Now, it's kind of a lie, but but it's also kind of true. You know, I do work for the man, but I realized that's what he wanted. And once he could see I could fulfill that need he has, then my relationship got better with him. I never liked him. We never became friends, That's but, deep. but we yeah. had respect, right? And I learned that from failing again and again, and he's arguing with me and he's yelling at me. And I'm like, what is his problem? I'm just trying to help him. But he, I could, and then I said, oh, I had a conversation with him once. And I, cause I said, reading the air is you can be yourself. You can be the Gaijin. You can be Ashley. You can be yourself, yeah. but you got to read yeah. the room. And yeah. say, how can you be yourself in a way that adds value to people around you? That's yes. why you're reading. You're not reading the air to be smart. You're not reading the air to say, look how much I know Japanese. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. you're doing it. You're doing it to say, okay, I read the air so I can add value to this team. It's like when you're like, yes. a lot of times when people are thinking, you know, I want to be the man. I want to be successful. They, that I, that's the problem. Because once you get to become a leader or you're the funny thing is, as you're on your way to being the leader, you're already a leader. Yeah. There are already people looking towards you, looking at you as yeah. either a good or bad example yeah. all along the way. You're bringing people along yeah. with you, right? And one of the yeah, things yep. that happens is yeah. you get mm-hmm. top, what you think the top, top is, or you think top top is. and you think it's about mm-hmm. me. I manage my team. No, you add value to your team, right? You oh. give them clarity, you give them transparency. Yeah. You empower them yes. to fulfill their career dreams. You empower them to do a good yeah. job so they can learn it. You're, you, you, you're, you're only as valuable as a leader when your team feels you add value to them. Because once they feel like you don't add any value, you can't get them to, to perform at a high level. You can't get them to engage no. you. So, um, right. yeah, man, uh, that's, you know, in my book, I talk about my mistakes, places where I, and then I talk about, you know, the kind of racism I thought of, I had in my own heart towards Japanese people that was getting in the way. Like I had 
learned all about Japan to where I would think that, you know, Japanese people never really tell you what's truly in their heart. Right. We've all heard same here. Right. But here's the question, Ashley. How many people do you know that aren't Japanese that tell you everything that's in their heart? And and there's the kicker. There's the kicker. It's like, because I'm that I'm glad you mentioned that. And I tell people this is because I was. This is me. This is me. I was in that homogeneous bubble. It's like I felt that. Like, well, it it gotta be it gotta be them. It can't be me because. They're everyone is Japanese and I'm and I'm American, African American. So why why? And it's like now that I'm back here, I can see that. Like just what you said. Like, yeah, how many how many people actually really tell you that? Shit. Not a lot. No. Shit. <laughs> not at all. I mean, so that's the thing. I realized I was I was I had a bias in my head that I wasn't even aware of. I was putting Japanese, I'm giving them a higher sort of bar to jump that I would give a foreigner. And that was unfair yep. to them. That was wrong. And that, that got in the unfair. way of having friendships. I said, you know what? I know this person as well as I know them. They're good to me. I trust them in this realm. Why am I suspicious of them? Why am I waiting for them? I, by doing that, I'm not being my best self. You know? Yeah. And yeah, maybe they might ghost me. Maybe. 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 But the reality is I can't go around thinking that, you know, expecting my Japanese colleagues and Japanese countrymen to be better than my American countrymen. So I also talk about that as well and going through that and that suspicion of Japanese. And I I did experience some moments where I was like, this country hates me. And it would create this this, this paranoia that would eat away at every relationship I have. I'm telling you. You know what I mean? I'm telling you. I'm. It, it's so funny. Like we're having this conversation on the podcast, which is great. So individuals that are maybe feeling like that are looking to come to Japan can kind of have this foresight prior to that that it is not that. But I, I felt everything that Harry is saying, I completely re- resonate with, and spot on is just what you know had me so stressed and. Mm-hmm depressed and angry like i said i did the angry shouting thing as well too it never worked and i but i i was so frustrated and wrapped up in just just the fact that i felt that i was doing what i was supposed to do and how i was supposed to do it so why can't you acknowledge that and not taking into consideration of what i did know and i just didn't want to i didn't want to implement because I felt that, I felt in my mind that, okay, well, I speak Japanese. I'm doing my work. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. What's the deal? Why Why do I have to do this? And that, I believe that frustration of mine, I want, I'll, if people are in Japan that, that are there and maybe in this vision, I want you to do this. Do exactly what Henry said. Read the air. Do those things. First, read the book. Read the app. There you go. First, read the book. It'll be a, a link in my in the bio. <laughs> read the book. Read the book. First, read the book. Trust me on that. First, read the book. I I, I trust Henry on that. Yeah. And read the air, man. And just step back 
take a deep breath and understand how it's going to affect you and make you a better person and help you grow. Yeah. Like, yeah. and now that I'm looking back on it, like if I was to step back into Japan today, I would attack. I would attack it totally different. Like, and it would it it would just be. It would just be, it, it would still be rocky, it'd still be up and down, but it'd be much more beautiful. Because, like, I, I, I know I, I'm very clear of what I not, what I wouldn't, what I wouldn't do, and how to go about doing it. Yeah. And it would be, it, it would be minimal. It'd still be frustration, but it'd be minimal frustration. Or I would just go talk to individuals like Henry, like, and then just go back to. You know, doing things amongst the Japanese community as it should be done, instead of being frustrated about it. Yeah, you know, actually, so you know, Ashley, uh, it was funny. Do you remember when? I mean, one time uh, we were talking. I think you were working for a construction company in Sasebo or something, and we yep. were talking on the phone. I don't know. I, I don't think it was a video call, but I I must have told you when you were talking to me. I was sitting on my balcony. I think I was standing actually, I was sitting yeah. on my balcony, my house yeah. while you were there. And just so you know the context, you've been to my home before. I sat on that balcony because yeah. I need to vent. I need to get away, right? I was coping with I the same I challenges. What's it called? But I, I, I remember the call very clearly because you were you, you you were dealing with challenges. You were far away, right? You weren't like in Tokyo. You couldn't just come hang out with me or something. And I remember thinking, you know, at the at the time, you know, you you what you're going through, other people are going through too. That's one of the things too. Is sometimes, and when you're going through it, other people are going through it, and then the problem comes when the people you associate with who are going through it, right? Do they see a solution? Can they give you a solution to the problem? Right. Or are they giving right. you? They're fulfilling your, you know, that 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 those excuses, you know, that you know, it's them, the Japanese, they don't, you know, like I, I was talking to a friend of mine, the other, uh, not a friend, the guy who works for me. I say, I want him to be my friend. So, Mark, if you hear this podcast, I want you to be my friend. So he works at a company. We're talking about divorce. Yeah, or divorce, mm. you know, women, wives, and stuff like that. Not that he's divorced. We were just talking, you know, like when you're going through a divorce or a relationship. And I said, dude. I said, your ex, your wife or whoever she is, your ex wife, she's somebody's daughter, right? Yeah. Someone loved her like a child. Someone loved her, and if she's treating you badly, she's a hurting person. Like anybody who abuses, is 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 hurting, right? They were abused in some way. Something's wrong up there, and the reality is, you have to think, what can you do, right, to 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 be true to yourself. Right. But not see this person as evil. What I mean by that is, you know, you hate this person. Hate doesn't doesn't affect the person you hate. It affects you. Right. You've got to find a way through the hate. And sometimes you don't want to because the hate feels natural and it feels good and it feels self-righteous. And it's great. And I said, dude, when you're with people like you're going through a bad relationship, you don't want to be around guys who are like, I hate my wife, too. Right. She's a bitch or something. Yeah. You want to be around men who take your wife's side. You say, what could you be doing better in your relationship? Not that you can fix it, but are trying to say, what can you do? Right? What can you do? And on top of that too, most people, most people know what kindness feels like. They know what unkindness feels like. 
And if you can treat mm. someone with respect and kindness, eventually they get it. You don't need to be in their life. But you say, you know what? I respect you. I care for you. But sorry, I can't be your friend. Right? If they're going through a journey like we all are, and they're going, they'll eventually realize what you were trying to do. It's like a kid. You raise your child. Your child's not going to appreciate everything you do as much as they, they should. They can't. They don't understand. But you give them the lessons. Right. You try. You love them as hard as you can. And you hope and you pray that when they come out, they remember, oh, that's what they meant. They did love me. They did. They, they were kind. And I found, especially in my relationships, um, that comes back. You have your moment for your map, but you're like, you know what? You know, I'm not going to hate you. I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm always going to love you because you're a good person. Even if you do bad things, I'm just going to, I'm just going to not let hate own me. And, you know, the relationships wind up working out one way or another. Either, you know, you go your separate ways, there's no negativity, or, you know, you find your separate peace with one another or whatever, even with life and work. You've got to be around people. I'm going to let you, uh, you know, waddle in fear and hate. I had a, I'll tell you an example. It's not even related to Japan. I had a, uh, a, 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 a blood pressure issue, right? My blood pressure has always mm. been high. And so yeah. I've done everything, Ash. I've exercised, gained weight, lost weight, vegan, everything to sort of try to normalize. And they couldn't figure out why. There's like, well, you're, you're, you're black. Maybe that's it or whatever. Never any real reason. And so I decided yeah. I was going to go to the doctor and they're going to test my blood and try to find if there's something. Mm. My cholesterol wasn't cholesterol, wasn't fat in my body. It wasn't any of this. So mm. they go and they find out that I have high, my adrenaline, my adrenaline levels are really, really high in my body. Aldesterone, right? It's like really high. So that can be fixed through surgery, right? They can just fix your adrenal gland and remove one of them or what well, anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm thick. I'm good. Right. But along the way I had these friends and I was frustrated because I felt like I should be able to control, find a way to fix it myself through exercise, through diet, through mindfulness, through meditation. I was, I was angry it deep inside about this. And my friends were like, calm down. Look how you have so much to be thankful for. No one lives forever. Stop being angry with Japanese doctors, with the country, with whatever, Stop, you know, they wouldn't let me be angry. They were like, calm down. And I'd get frustrated with them. When I was younger, I would get frustrated and I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Okay. Yeah. The frustration is like, exactly. I, I'm not feeling yeah. adequate around this person. But then I come to realize they're not trying to hurt me. They care about me. They see what I cannot see. Yep. And, you know, yes. and so I walk into the feedback. I walk into the embrace of their friendship and they're right. So, you know, I was dealing with this issue, you know, I was getting surgery and, you know, I go to the hospital in Japan and, uh, you know, no one, I'm always smiling and happy because I was like, you know, my friends lifted me up. I couldn't do it by myself. So you can read the book. The book's great, but you're not going to be, you're not going to be, you solve your problem just reading the book and doing what the book says. You got to be, you got to be open to growing and being around the right group of people who are going to push you to, 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 to see the, you know, the forest, right? Yeah. See yeah. The forest and enjoy the That's forest. Right. See the forest, you know? Like, yeah. Be with it. Be with it. Yeah. I mean, you could have, like, your frustration in Japan, you could have, you could have done a podcast 10 years ago, right? People were doing it, but you weren't around the right people. Like, I had a podcast 10 years ago. 
had a podcast. I did it every month. I did a podcast every month for about two years, right? And because okay. I was wanting to share my story, but it was too much work. I was doing it very, there weren't systems like this to do it. I had to do it manually myself, record the voices, oh, yeah. edit it, upload it to, and dedicate a link and have my own server and all that kind of stuff. And I just didn't want to do it. But what I'm getting at is you surround yourself with the right people and you start getting, you start getting, you get ideas to solve your problem. And yeah. uh, one thing I'll say to you about you doing a podcast, I just want to give you some kudos here, is I learned a lot doing a podcast. One of my good friends, I interviewed for the podcast, he told me some stuff. And I was like, how can I do that kind of stuff for me? How can I make that work? And it was about brand. He's a black man. He's a, he, he and I worked at Payday together and um, he's done great things for them. He's done great things. We've done great things together. We hope to do more great things as we, yeah. you know, as we get older. But yeah, he told me at this point, we weren't yet working together at Payday at this startup that, went, that was bought by PayPal he was just someone I respected. So I interviewed him and he was like, you know, you got to build your brand, Henry. And I'm like, yeah, I want to, but what does that mean? Whatever. But it stuck with me and I watched what he did. And I said, okay, what is my brand though? And my brand is being a coach. My brand is being a friend. And I'm going to work on that. It might not make me money, but that's my brand. Let's see what happens. And I learned yeah. from those podcasts. So I think you're, you know, if you interview people who have something you want, right. Who have something going on that you wish you had or your listeners, wish they had there's lots of there's lots of jewels there man and i interviewed houston for my book he's in my book uh he's my friend i talked to him yesterday you know we've made yeah we've made billions of dollars for companies we've made millions of dollars for ourselves working together just work because we like working together we like doing what we do and um but it was never about money at the time it wasn't about that it was about helping you know, being adding value to your friendships, to your network. And then you wind up in a situation where you're like, how did this happen to me? Really? Honestly, I sit there sometimes and wonder how it happened. Good and bad. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, yeah, man, this podcast, I think if you interview, you know, interview people you want to, you, you know, you, who, who you think can add value to your life, you want to, you want to, you want to find some really, some rich, some rich gems, my friend. Yeah, man, and that's the and that's the goal for the rebrand and the rebrand. And I'm glad you keep reiterating on bringing value to others, and that's what I've really been uh, thinking about. How can, what I it's been frustrating because like, what is it that I can do to bring more value uh, to individuals at my job? Bring more value to my wife and my son. Bring more value. To my friends or who I hang around, how can I bring more of that into individuals' lives? Because while I was in, now I, I may have been indirectly doing this in Japan because people, some of my friends even, you know, said directly to me, and I don't know. Sometimes I have a hard time just taking that, like because I was seeing it to myself. Like I was just in Japan; it was easy for me to go over there and. And just cop on the plane to do that. But some of my friends say it's like, man, like I looked at them, I wish like I could just go over there and do that. I'm like, and I'm not taking it as serious because I'm looking at myself and looking at my journey there at this at this moment in time and not seeing it as enough because I felt like I didn't fulfill what I was supposed to fulfill, or I I, I didn't whatever it was I was supposed to do. At that time, I didn't know what that was, but 
I didn't feel like I accomplished it. So I'm kind of downplaying the fact that, damn ass shit, you was there for 10 years. Damn ass, you did learn this language that's one of the top five most difficult for English speakers to learn. You know, you did that. A lot of people can't, you know, but now I'm I'm starting to realize that and maybe that I have indirectly brought value to some individuals out there to say, hey, I can go to Japan too. I can learn Japanese as well, you know? So now I'm seeing that, but that's, that's the key people, you know, what is it that you being yourself with the things that the, the skills and the knowledge that you have, how can you bring value to somebody else in some type of way? The money gonna come, and like I, that's what I, one thing I just didn't didn't understand. Like I, you know, not, now now now, like why don't I have the money now? That's gonna come, and just like Henry, Henry stated, like it wasn't about that then. They were making that, they, but they wasn't they wasn't even thinking about it. But because of that, they were successful at what it was they were doing, and it was just coming in, like. So un- understand that, you know, people like, what is it that you can bring other individuals to, to brighten their day, to make them better, to bring value to them? And and that's what I'm trying to do now. And I'm trying to get that laser sharp focus to do that. Um, so I'm glad you, you continue to, to steadily hit on that through this podcast. So, yeah, bro, I get um, you. Okay. So let, let's, 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 um, talk about it from fundamental f- f- let's talk fundamentals real quickly because i want you know without the fundamentals i think people can't take what i'm giving them and actually use it i want them to use it today so let's get the fundamentals when you, you talk, we talk about japan and people leaving remember i talked to you before about you want your name spoken in rooms you're not in so it doesn't matter if your mm-hmm. friends leave japan like houston's not in japan he's in trinidad right now right he's the cto for like the biggest bank in the in the caribbean he's doing well with himself right now. Um, But we're still connected because the connections stay. They really do. And even if they don't, they speak your name, your network's going out there to the globe. Because I had this conversation with him. He was like, should I go to to Trinidad, Henry? This is a man I respect and admire. I admire Houston Ross like I admire my dad. He's easy. I I am so proud and, and admiring of him. But so he asked me, you know, like, should I'm like, dude, you're, you're taking the network and you're sending it out into the world, right? As your friend, I want you to go out there and share yourself with the world, right? Expand your network. We'll always be here for you, right? And he sh- and he spreads my name. I, I I mean, it's coincidental, you know, friends we've known for years were talking to me. I'm like, you know what? Well, Houston's in Trinidad. Why don't you go talk to him for a job? And then he has a job in Trinidad. You know, people are... You, you you link, you provide more value to your network the more it spreads out around the world, my friend, okay? So that's the first thing we got to realize is that we're always focusing on us. Like they're leaving Japan, man, they're leaving me. I'm like, no, they don't leave you if you've invested in the relationship to the point to where the person loves you or respects you. Because if they've left, you never had them to begin with. If they're gone, right. if, they don't re- if they don't email you, like one thing I will do, which you know, is I will text you and say, you good. Every now and then, I'm like, hey, what's up, right? That's my way of doing things. Because, you know, I still, again, you come graduate, you come to Japan to work in a Japanese business. Dude, I felt an affinity. 
I could relate, you know, I could relate and I wanted to help you, right? Deal, you know, on your journey as your friend. And so, you know, the thing is, let the network go out. So anyway, answering about adding value to your network, basically, it's not about like, let's say I I, I have a, I'll use, I'll use Houston examples, Houston for a minute. So, you know, Houston did a podcast with me and I listened to him and it was about building his brand. He wanted to build a brand to where he could work anywhere, you know, and he, he, he would, people would have to pay him top dollar to do what he does. That's what he wanted. And I remembered. So the first thing you want to do is in your network, listen to what they say, try to understand their core needs, their core needs, not what they do, but their core needs. So anyway, Houston wound up being a COO at a, at a, at a, at a uh, insurance company in Europe doing his thing. All right. wow. And I'm working at a company called Payday. It's a startup in Japan. It's gotten some investment in it. And I, and I have a hunch that it's going to go big if we get the right CTO. The, the CTO, who was one of the founders, wanted to step away. He's like, I'm not the right guy. Can you find us the right guy? And I said, I know the right guy. And But I said, is Houston going to leave? this nice job in the Czech Republic, Slovakia. He was the chief operating officer to come to a Japanese startup. And we probably can't give him all the benefits and the expat package and all that stuff. Will he come? And I thought to myself, well, I remember what Houston wanted. And that's to build his brand, his brand. And I said, if he comes to this startup and he takes us public, right? And he sells us for billions of dollars, he's built his brand. So I called him. I said, Houston, here's the job. Are you interested? And after a few conversations, we eventually got him over here to visit and he came. And because of him, the company got some contracts. We contracted with Amazon. We updated our stuff. PayPal bought us $3 billion, my friend. And I I guess a lot of people contributed to that, but Houston contributed a lot to that journey, right? The value wasn't I got him a job because if I was thinking like, well, you know, he wants to be CEO. Let me see if I can find him a CEO job. No, I had to remember what my friend really wanted. And when the opportunity came for me to connect him to where what his passion was, I did it. So when I'm listening to people, you listen to your friends and you try to say, okay, what are they trying to do? Right. Not do they want respect? They want a girlfriend. It's more along the lines of what are they as people? What is it they're driving at and be able to connect people that way? at the core kind of way. That's how you add value. Like if I'm looking for someone to work in IT in my company and you know someone, that's great. You're adding value. But a lot of times, really successful people just want someone to talk to. They just want someone to listen. You know, one of my quotes I always say is that if you're not learning, you're not listening. If you're bored, you're not listening. You're not, you're somewhere else. Um, because there's always something to learn, even if it's you learn what you don't like, right? And so listen to them, understand what people are trying to do, you know, what they're really yearning for, connect them to the things that do it. So um, yeah, dude, that's that's how you add value to your network, you know? Yeah. Concrete, go to a networking event. Don't take your business card, get other people's business cards, listen to them, find out what they're doing, and then email them when you find information that's useful to them. Well, that person does this, you know, maybe I can send them this information. And, but that's what I do. That's my strength. What you want to do is do add value in the way that you can. Not everyone's a head of HR and can hire people, 
right? Your job might be different. Your might be, you don't have any money. But what you, you can do is you have your, have your character. Be that friend, right? Because maybe that's your strength, right? Like you exercise, you work out, right? Well, you would have done, you know what would have happened if you had said to me, Henry, let's go lift weights, Henry. You're getting older. You got to make sure your muscles are strong. I would say, hell yeah. yeah, you got muscles. I want muscles. Let's go do it. You know, that, that that's, that's one of those things. I'm a fitness freak, right? So sometimes you don't have money or, or even time. You don't have time. You can send a message. Like I, I think all of my close brothers, I, at least, at, at, some are really busy, but at least yeah. once a month, if not once a week, I'm like, yo, bro, you're good. What's up? That's adding value to your network. But you got to do it in your own way. Maybe you're not a text person. Maybe you're a call person. Maybe you write letters. Maybe you like seeing movies. Invite them to go see a movie with you. Whatever it is. But yep. it's about supporting their needs in a way that you can do it. Not just to do it. Well, they need money. I'll give them money. Or they need a hug. I'll give them a hug. But you're tired. You don't like hugs. You're not a hug person. Don't go out giving hugs. Don't go out spending hours giving people things, but you don't have the energy to do it. You do what you can do consistently. And that builds trust mm. and that builds relationship. And with that, I got to get ready because I got to go to my friend's party right. starts at two and I got to get pretty. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, thank you, Henry, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, he has a, his, his, uh, his friend's surprise birthday party. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, look forward to editing it and, you know, and publishing welcome, it bro. so everybody can hear this and hear what we had to say tonight. Man, really appreciate it. Much love. Much no worries, love. Bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. We love you. you. too. Take, Take care, care, Henry. Peace. Peace. And with that being said, y'all, wherever you're in the world, morning or night, remember to always be. Peace.